for anybody who says this is like, wow, this trips me out. You have to look at it as a secret weapon. It gives you an advantage. It's a tool in your toolbox. It allows you to be precise, to, to take guesswork out of the yeah. equation, to troubleshoot, to have an advantage over everyone else who's winging it. That's what, a, that's what tracking gives you. You don't have to track macros. You need to track calories and protein. That's really all you need to worry about. And protein is stable. You can call it 0.8 grams per pound of body weight when you're tracking. And then calories have to systematically climb. That's a general general rule. I don't want to give a caloric intake because there's variables there, but you do want to be systematically increasing your calories. You'll start to feel better. You'll have more energy. You'll sleep better because you overall have to remove yourself from a deficit. It's kind of like feeding the machine. This will bring the stress levels down and this will also set you up for future fat loss. What are you doing to create your dream life or your best self? Why do we see some thrive through challenges while others struggle? Welcome to Effort, a podcast where I talk about the main Fs in my life that have helped me in creating my best self. Faith, family, forgiveness, food, fitness, and formula. Hi, my name is Amy Ledeen, and most would say that I've had my fair share of struggles, whether it was placing my baby for adoption at 18, Facing my marriage-ending affair or battling stage 4 cancer for almost 7 years, it's safe to say that I've been through a lot. Join me as I take you through my story, my journeys, and share with you the tactical strategies every single week that will help you thrive and overcome anything you face. That's right, I'm going to show you how to create a future self that you'll be proud of. So buckle up, get ready for the ride as I take you through my story and bring other guests on that have helped me along the way. Okay. Well, as promised, I had to bring back Eric as quick as possible because I do hope you're seeing a theme here in some of the things that I am putting out. And that's because a lot of you are asking for it. And I really want to serve you and, you know, continue to bring you topics and things that really are going to help you. And it's obvious just by, you know, way of our business, you know, we're primarily on Facebook is, you know, Eric has been posting a lot of content in this specific area and the, you know, comments back is showing us that this is a huge issue. So I wanted to have him on. We will probably do multiple on this because I know Eric can talk a lot about this. So I'm going to let a lot of you guide where this goes from here. You know, you can always email the podcast, Amy at amyladine.com. You can DM me, you can DM Eric. You know, I know I can always convince him to come on. So First, let me just welcome you back. Welcome. Thank you. Um, I'm excited for today. Now, if you're looking at the topic, at the title topic, and you're like, what menopausal and metabolic mind games? Well, the crazy thing is, and I just happened to remember this because I remember when Eric wrote this article because he called me on the phone to read it to me, um, is one called metabolic mind games. Now, how long ago was that? Like 2010. Yeah. It's been like 12 years. So, cause I was at a track meet. Mm-hmm. I know where I was when you called me because that thing went everywhere. It was, it was again, like a, a thing that kind of shifted, you know, where people stood with certain things, right. You were starting to already see something in the industry. And so today, this podcast isn't just going to be for the person that is the perimenopause or menopausal person. Although I would say you're eventually going to get here. So even if you're 25 and you happen to turn this on, you should listen. Additionally, from my own experience, I was one of the people that had the metabolic damage, you know, for lack of a better term, when I found Eric. And I, you know, as you'll learn through this podcast, you know, um, the cause. The cause can be from different things. And for, for me at that time, it was prior dieting history. So what I want you to get from this from Eric today, I really don't want to waste his time. So I took a lot of notes so that I could serve you best in answering questions. One, we're going to go through the problem. The big problem that we're discussing today is things that used to work just don't work the same anymore. And this isn't, you know, in terms of fat loss, that's the ultimate goal for most people is they're like, it's just not working the way it did. A caloric deficit is maybe not acting like a caloric deficit as it did in the past. And we're going to go over some of the causes. Well, I'm not, I'm going to have Eric go over some of the causes, you know, some being age-related, which, you know, as we'll talk about with perimenopause and menopause, it could be prior dieting history. Like I mentioned, like my case, 
you know, tons of extreme dieting, your lifestyle. And then of course, medication, he's going to get into that. And then I can't wait for this because he's going to, you know, you're going to go away with some solutions. And I want to give this advice to you now, because I know Eric can drill it in, but I'm going to give this as a tip. Don't take these things lightly. It's like we've ignored it. So I just want to take that all to you. And then lastly, if you love this podcast today, go share it with a friend. This is how it's going to get seen. So, all right, going right into it, you know, under the problem topic. Okay. And that's what you started posting about was things not, you know, working the way that they used to in the past. You've been in this industry, you know, 18 plus years. What have you seen back then when you wrote metabolic mind games? And what are you seeing now that is similar yet two different demographics? Like, what is it that you're seeing now? Cause it's been a long time. You know, if you look at two different demographics, if you go back, say 10 years ago or 13 years ago, I was working with a lot of competitors and that article was written still uh, 12 years ago. And I was talking about metabolic rebounds, uh, which is really kind of a disproportionate amount of weight gain for the amount of food you're eating. Right. So it's like I'm, I'm not eating enough to justify this amount of weight gain. Right. So that was happening a lot back then. Hence the hence the writing about it in 2010, only Scott Abel, as far as I know, was writing about metabolic issues before I was that I was aware of anyways. But those causes are still the same causes now, but you also then in this demographic have the additional age-related changes that ultimately are similar in terms of consequence to a dieting history, but also additive because you have both going on now. So basically, if I'm going back to say 30s, um, and women, you know, 20, 20, late 20s and 30 year old competitors, they're dealing with metabolic issues, not related to age related changes, you know, the onset of menopause, right. perimenopausal season, things like that. It's just their dieting history. It's just their fitness lifestyle, just their con- competition, whatever. Um, whereas now you have that and even more so because the women are older and therefore they have more, more laps in, you know, more, more trips to the rodeo, so to speak, more right. dieting cycles right. as you're older. So you have that accumulation of these negative effects, plus now the expected changes to hormones with age right. anyway. Right. So that basically puts you in a position where, you know, things just don't work the same way anymore. Right. So some people are still even fixing those, that initial problem, like, like me, you know, I was the person that had that we, you know, fix it, but obviously a fragile, you know, I, I can't. Well, do you it. have the women's, women's metabolisms and hormonal profiles are way more sensitive anyways than men's. I mean, thyroid is the best example. You know, you see that in females way more than you see in males. Right. You see that post dieting rebound way more in females than you do in males uh, after extreme dieting. Um, so they're more sensitive. So therefore, and you have repeated bouts and repeat, it's more sensitive by design anyway. And then they have more diet cycles thrown at them as well on top of that. Right. So this is a wear and tear issue, you know, basically. Right. Prior to the menopausal season, this is a wear and tear issue already. Right, right. Because your body's just, as we're just getting older. This is going to compound it now. Okay. So now, you know, going through, you know, the, the, the causes of this age really, you know, I mean, some of it's just age, right? Well, you're going to have the age related changes. Let's say you have no dieting history. You're having an advantage because you haven't put that stress on your body. You know, you don't have all that stuff. That's, you know, hormones take a beating with up and down diet cycling. You know what I mean? Like weight cycling and stuff like that. So, you know, someone is going to go, they're going to go through like that perimenopausal season can last a long time. Right. Right. So you have a change in hormones. So these progesterone levels drop early on. Right. And who knows? That's where you have all the symptoms right. that people talk about. Right. right. And then later you go through that short amount of time that's actually menopause where the estrogen levels start to come down now, too. So on the other side of that, in your post menopausal season, you have those hormones are down estrogen and um, progesterone, you know, absolutely and relatively speaking. OK. Right? OK. So you're now dealing with a different body that this is a natural cycle, right? So depending, let's say you have this natural cycle, which is stress to the body. So let's take, for example, a a given caloric deficit. When you have healthy 
uh, balance between progesterone and estrogen is not going to be that stressful to the body. Right. That same fitness lifestyle, dieting approach, cardio approach, when you take estrogen out of it or take these hormones out of balance, now it's a stress on the body. Right. Okay. So your body has changed. Your body has changed naturally and it will have also changed. This is the point though. It was also changed because of the dieting history. So people are going to go through these age-related changes anyway. You can mitigate that obviously by doing all the stuff, right? right? It's the same thing for a person with a dieting history, which is really much everybody that we deal with because right. we're fitness people, right? Right. It's, it's like this, because you've lived a fitness lifestyle or tried to be fit or have struggled with weight for a long time and have done the, done the, the dieting thing over and over again, it makes your menopause harder. Right. Okay. That your makes body's sense. going into it with more stress already. Then you're putting yourself into a, a hormonal environment where everything is more stressful by default. And you have a heightened amount anyway. Right. So this is a chronic situation that is just going to exacerbate symptoms during menopause. Right. So they start, you know, where do you, where do most people in your feedback, you know, when you say, are you noticing this? you know, what are they saying about it? They're noticing that they can't, you know, they've been doing all the cardio and they're- Well, low. you're going to have like, I mean, people, I mean, women probably know the perimenopausal symptoms better than I do. You know what I mean? You, there's a lot of changes that happen, right? right? You know, you have the flashes, the temper dysregulation, right. dryness, so on and so forth. Whether I would be dealing with a person with metabolic issues from a dieting history, or I'm dealing with a person who's in this menopausal season of life without that, or I'm dealing with the menopausal person with that, the approach is going to be the exact same because it's beneficial to those issues. This is just an issue of degree. Gotcha. Degree of issue, degree right. of assault right. right now the body's under, right? So a person who's got a dieting history and is going through this needs to be extra, extra, extra diligent on all the things and extra patient because you're deeper, your hole is deeper. Right. You got to climb a bit longer, right? So um, but you, in each of those cases, what that person's going to experience is a body that's not responding to the things it used to, right? Right. Like, so, Hey, this used to work. And even when I lost, let's take, let's just take the menopausal thing out of it. Even, if, even when it worked and I lost the results because of whatever, and I went back to it, it maybe it worked less or it worked again, whatever, blah, 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 over and over again. It doesn't anymore. Right. 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 So that's a hormonal change. That's a, that's an adaptation. It's actually a dysfunction at that point, weight loss resistance. Right. So this is characterized by a chronically stressed physiology. So basically cortisol levels, stress hormone levels are elevated too consistently. And they're not designed to be elevated like that. They're designed to go up and come down up because of stress and then down because the stress is gone. Right. So we're not designed to have it up and stay up all the time. This is a precursor to chronic illness over time. Right. Right. So this is what the dieting history is characterized like, but it's also what the menopausal season of symptoms is like too, because these uh, hormones, let's say progesterone, estrogen, they have helpful effects on cortisol. All right. right. Now they're suppressed. So they go down. Right. There's going to be more exposure there. Right. Like, you know, progesterone has a favorable effect on cortisol and bringing it down. So this is also why when you're going through this type of block of time, specific to that demographic again, you have to, and I put that in, the, in that article, that post was, you have to act like progesterone yourself, which is when you, we talk about all the parasympathetic stuff, all this rest and digest, all the take time for yourself stuff, all the stuff that makes you feel good and gives you the oohs and the ahs, right. you know, you need to make time for that. And really seeing that as such a big piece to the puzzle. It's not, it's not even big. It's, it's, the... it's almost like, you know, let's say you have a, let's say you have a list of 10 ingredients. And they all produce the, the, there's, the cake. There, there's a cornerstone though. You know, there's, there's one key one. Yeah. Like flour. Yeah. Your bread. You, you're done. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not, you, you might you, get you, away with not having the salt. Exactly. Right. You ain't getting away without right. that. So you taste the this, off. this is the most important part of, and this is why I say it's a mind game because just like back then it's metabolic mind games. This is menopausal and metabolic mind games because you have to unlearn all the things you think you learned, right? You have to, to do things completely differently. And you love to work out hard and do all the fitness stuff, not realizing it's not only not helping, it's pushing you in the right. wrong direction. 
And I think that's the thing. So that, you have to be just to get the, to reiterate what you're saying. The, the the cornerstone of the whole fitness routine is the recovery. Right. And it's right. not like just chill. It's like intentional, intentionally doing things that are going to calm my system down, that are going to act like, in that case, progesterone would. Right. Which is like, the, that's why the walks and things like that, which we'll 100%. get into, you know, when your body is under that you know, heavy chronic stress, I mean, you just can't even your ability to recover is impaired, right? So Mm -hmm. this is why, you know, we're seeing and we've talked about this with the school of training, we just talked about this on here is, you know, less volume, less intensity, you know, things like that. Now, talk to the person that right now is going, but Amy, my intervals, they're my stress relief, my metabolic circuits, my CrossFit, you know, uh, intense stuff is my, my life. Yeah. I think we touched on that one before, but that one, um, that's, that's actually a distraction. It can't be a relief. You know, it's like somebody had posted on the page yesterday on, in a comment saying that, oh, you know, I disagree. You know, I used did interval training three, four times a week and it was great for lowering my cortisol levels. Like that's just not possible. You know, that's just absolutely in no situation possible. Right. So, um, when you are already in a chronically stressed state, you're in a what's called a sympathetic state. So this is the fight or flight type side of the nervous system. Right. You don't want to be in this situation chronically, right? We're not meant to be in that situation chronically. These days, arguably, most people are, right? right? So the sympathetic state or the fight or flight, the whole purpose of that is to mobilize energy, fuel in the body to move, right? right? Carbohydrates, fats, even amino acids. So when you're going to do a hard workout, a Metcon workout, a CrossFit workout, interval workout. This is sympathetic. Why? Because your body has to quickly mobilize fuel to move. Right. So adding stress onto an overstressed body is a disaster. You're breaking down tissue. And right now, since it's a slow kill, think of like, think of like heart disease, uh, uh, age-related diabetes, high blood pressure, coronary, whatever, all these different issues, they show up at like 50, you know, or 55 or 60 or 45, if you're unlucky, so on and so forth. But they weren't caused at that time. It's a slow kill. It's the exact same way. You can tolerate. Diabetes is a great example. You can live most of your life without really like a type two really issue, even a type one. Wait till you're old. You're big trouble. That's just it. You know, that's the same thing with this kind of stuff. It's kind of like, when you think I've got time, I've got time, right. I've got time. It's not a big deal. It's not really, you know, it's denial, honestly. Right. And then the person you tell them, this was the great analogy I learned. So you're saying, Hey, break change, break change. Your breaks are going to go. You need a break job. Right. And then they ignore the advice over and over again. And then they crash their car and then they get the car towed to you. And they say, can you fix my brakes? Really? Right. Your car's totaled. Exactly. It's not That's a great job anymore. Yeah. Now you've got That's all the sorts issue. of. And I think we've seen that with other people's like health over the. This years. is what everybody's doing. They're ignoring the break job. Right. Right. So obviously everything starts with getting your cortisol to come down. That yeah. was one of the things that you mentioned in your, you know, which I will, I'm going to share this in the notes. I know it was for our private group. You don't mind that, right? That loom. Can I share that? No. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. So I'm going to share in the podcast notes. You there's know, like 800 people that watch that. It was on oh, the main page. Okay, good. So one. I will, I'll share that, um, you know, in, in the show notes, because he really goes through bullet point by bullet point, but you know, you said everything starts with getting that to come down. So what are some of the things that they need to start doing first of all, to, to do this? I would say you'd have to, the first thing you'd have to do is start treating sleep like a very important part of your fitness routine, Okay, which means it's scheduled. It's planned for, it's prepared for, like, you don't just go to the gym, you know, like you change, you get dressed, you have, hopefully you have a program. If you're planning on making any progress, you know, sleep in that sense has to be treated the same because you are in this situation going to have dysregulated and jacked up sleep. Right. Because that's all kind of a chicken and the egg type thing. Right, right, right. You know, sleep causes bad cortisol rhythm, bad cortisol rhythm causes bad sleep, so on and so forth. But you can't really say, okay, well, I'm just going to fix the cortisol. You can, you can attack the sleep side of the coin. Right. So you have to, um, you know, establish a circadian rhythm, which is same bedtime, same waking time, 
every day of the week. My rule has been that if you have an extra early waking time during the week, add an hour to the weekend, it might seem correct to say, well, I'm going to make it up on the weekend. Your body prefers the consistency yes. over the extra, provided you're not sleep deprived. But even that doesn't, you can't make up for sleep deprivation on the weekend. The body does not work that way. So the best way you can, because you also find in these situations, you have low energy. So the best way to establish energy uh, in the body is through predictability. Your body, your brain, your physiology loves predictability, right. which means routine, right. consistency. This is right. a habit game, right? So when you are going to bed at the same time and getting up at the same time every day, you will start to get tired and go to get up at the, and rustle, wake up in the morning at the same time. Right. This is positive circadian rhythm. The reason why this is positive is because then it positively affects the cortisol biorhythm right. for the day. Well, because like we've seen on my aura ring, something's going on two, three, you know, because I obviously yeah, my, I, I am in this category by, by even two if parts. not by chemo. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm by in, in two parts, but you know, I have an aura ring now. I've talked a little bit about it on here. I seriously want them to like sponsor or give me a discount code for other people because I love it. But we've seen, I have this spike. It's pretty consistent too in the middle of the night. Right. So what's happening there is that's going to be a cortisol pump. And because that's a sudden, for whatever reason, fight or flight experience in the nervous system, that body, her Amy's body is going to mobilize fuel for movement, which means she's going to wake up with higher fast, higher fasting levels of blood sugar in the morning. Not positive. It's not supposed to be that way. Right. 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 But that's common. Right. That's actually common. Oh, yeah. And, you know, just one more, you know, because I was doing a little bit of research on sleep for another podcast I'm doing, and you had actually shared this with me a while back when, you know, I wasn't seeing sleep as this, because I just was always so deficient and I just kind of had accepted it. And most of you listening are like, oh, it is what it is. And then you gave me the study and then I found it later. It said that when dieters had cut back on their sleep over a 14 day period, the amount of weight they lost from fat versus muscle tissue dropped by 55%, yeah. 55, yeah. even though their calories stayed equal. I was like, holy crap, I will not be depriving you know why, myself. Right? Because they had higher stress hormones in the body and therefore the composition of, of weight loss is going to favor muscle over fat. Yeah, when you told me that, I was like, you know what the cool thing about the aura ring is, is when you actually think of like the whole, what gets measured, gets managed, um, Pearson's law type stuff. Yeah. Because ultimately you start to gamify it a little bit. Totally. Right. And okay. You know, I got into the, you know, the green or the red and you're like, I got to yes. double down tonight. That's what I watch you do. Right. But it really does become just to go back to your original question. If this doesn't get serious attention, it's literally not going to happen. Right. Like, and you can control this if you're serious. There's certain things about this, the timeline, for example, uh, certain aspects of your body, you can't control, right. but you can control right. your sleep this now. as much as possible right. because it does make a big, big difference because it'll also positively in fact, impact hunger hormones during the daytime because you'll have a natural cortisol rhythm. You'll have a more uh, uh, normal energy production of uh, in the morning because of the natural cortisol waking rhythm. Right. You'll have a, a more natural rhythm towards the nighttime when it should be lower. Right. Anytime the body starts to behave the way it's designed to do, designed to behave, you're moving in the right direction. So think about this. I'm doing cardio and I'm working out and I'm dieting and that's not working. This is not normal. This is the red flag of saying things are not right. I'm right. moving in the wrong direction. Right, right, right. I'm eating in a caloric deficit. My appetite is like a two out of 10. That's not normal. Exactly. This is moving in the wrong direction. So when you start to do things and you expect an outcome and the outcome happens the way it's supposed to predictably wise, this is a really good thing. Exactly. You should keep in mind that my body is moving now in, in the, the right direction yes. in these areas. And if my body is moving in the right direction versus these pieces of evidence that show it's moving in the wrong direction, things are going in my favor right now. Right. Don't right. stop the momentum. Right. So that's, that's a pause. That's a really important thing to keep in mind, you know, um, meal timing, right. The same thing with eating at the same times, because that's going to cause you to have a, well, one, the benefit is that if you are, well, you should, you shouldn't be, let's not talk about dieting, but if you are dealing with hunger, that's fluctuating. You have to white knuckle between right. meals. 
if you eat at the same time every day and not between meals, you will start to position that exactly. hunger experience at those meal times. That also, again, happens because that's the way the body's designed to right. work with meal timing repetition in terms of hunger hormones with ghrelin and stuff. So this would also be feedback for you to say, yes, another one. Exactly. I'm hungry at mealtimes. This is going well. Yes. These are little wins along the way. And, and like you said, it's, it's having a Groundhog Day approach to these things, like your sleep, like your meal timing, those things, you know. You have uh, to fall in love with the boring. Yeah, yeah, because your body really needs These that. These things don't get to change either. Um, you touched a little bit on the walk, but walking, but we we program daily mindfulness, you know, four times a week. Can you talk about why we program those, and you know, again, what's the whole point of them? Well, let me just say one thing about the walking is that walking is probably the only activity that solves two problems at once. One is it is is a shown to lower cortisol levels and lower yes. stress hormones if you do it in green environment even more so and two it's one of the, it it sensitizes your body to insulin walking does this is something you're going to deal with as estrogen levels fall uh, estrogen is something that sensitizes your body to insulin so if you are you know eating uh more carbohydrates but your estrogen levels are healthy you'll have a better response to that than if you had low estrogen levels. Yes. So this is a peri versus meno and post issue, right? And that habit has been, I mean, we've really, really adopted that as a family, but you and I, even now living in warm weather, I mean, after dinner, we've come home after a dinner out and we just know we're consuming a little bit heavier. It just feels good to go and get. Well, think of the person. Like mobilized. Your, yeah. And the person who's having that bump in the middle of the night, you are going to wake up with some, uh, elevated blood sugar, a morning walk is, is a, is a quick solution Wait, to that. Exactly. To never deal with any issues of, uh, elevated sugar levels when they shouldn't be right because they shouldn't be then. Right. And then, so talk okay. about some of these mindfulness, you know, so so this is stuff. These are all things that actually, um, you know, stressing. they are walking They're you know, your metabolism is your body's stress barometer. So whether it's a physical stress, like over exercise or, uh, caloric deficits. These are both physical stresses or it's a psychological stress like, uh, you know, the world right now or a relationship or work, you know, these are caught physiologically. They have the same hormonal response. You feel the same thing, right. you know, like you, you just, it, so there's no difference. So these are, these are things that are, that are, are really, you know, feel good stuff. Right. So it's it, yeah. Bath, you know, a time with people you like, you know, uh, if you're an animal person, time with pets, you know, yep. reading, uh, sex, Snuggling. you know, going for a drive. If you love cars, mm -hmm. you know, um, all these things that give you that good feeling that. Uh, and I think, you know, you know we and, all and know it, to, but being intentional. Intentional is the key. You have to know that I'm you're entering into this on purpose yep. for me. This yeah. is my time. Yeah. I'm not getting in the bath to then like scroll news that no. will stress me. No. I am actually taking the bath, knowing like, it. I'm setting some candles out. I'm dimming the lights. I'm doing the things, you know, I mean, you and I have ever, I mean, you know, I guess I'm going to show your soft teddy bear side, but like we have seen that snuggling. Oh yeah. Really, really lowers our physiologically. Stress. Oh, that's what I mean. I mean. It's insane. And yeah. so knowing that and taking the time to do that, you know, is important. It's like, Hey, let's just have a snuggle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, so you know what, so once you, once you, once you learn your, 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 your secret weapons, you use them, Yeah. you know, you, you know, you, you have to do this. And I have clients that still kind of resist. And I even, the instruction is, Hey, it's as little as 15 minutes. And I'm not even asking you to do it every day, but I mean, if you can't do that, like 15 minutes of you time for something, then you're really missing the boat here yes. because because people are all focusing on the weight not recognizing that's a symptom of the problem exactly. and if you're focusing on the weight you're trying to solve the wrong problem that's, that's right. not the problem so you're not going to solve it and and seeing this as self-care self-care has been defined as sitting yeah. out by a pool with an you know a drink self-care is doing these things that care for you long term yeah. you know so where does the person start because you know, before you can get better, you kind of got to go through the healing. So meaning for the person that, you know, my demographic, they want to look like they train. So they're already seeing that person over there looking jacked going, well, I eventually want to get there. One, is it still possible for me to, 
what do I need to do for say a season? Because, you know, we talked a little bit about this, about training volume and cardio and all that, but how does that person get there? Yeah. I mean, what's your advice? I would say right off, right off the bat that the hardest aspect of this is the mental aspect of it and the emotional aspect, because even when people are just chasing this, these goals prior to all these issues, we're all impatient. Mm-hmm. This is even slower mm-hmm. and it, it is what it is, accept it or not. It's, that's up to you. If you don't, then you're just going to be more miserable. If you do, then you just recognize there's no finish line anyway. Right. Right. You just have to maintain this practice the whole time. But I would say, you know, as we talk about, there's a, there's foundational things like we have to input things on the regular as now a part of lifestyle, which means it's not something you do. It's part of just who you are. Yes. It's like our walk every day, yep. you know, um, it's just, that's just me. You know what I mean? Yep. So certain things around your sleep, it's just you for the most part, that's just you. Now it has to become like that. It yes. just has to, if you're not willing to make that decision, then you're going to, you're honestly just going to keep struggling. So that's important. Um, this routine, this structure, this kind of stuff, training wise, you have to recognize that, you know, hit cardio and all this high intensity stuff, as much as you might love it. Um, it's not good for you. It's not right. just not good for you. It's, it's, well, it's just bad for you. It's, it's, it's part of the cause, right? You know, if you, if you are, have dug yourself into a hole with a shovel, you can't just buy a new shovel and dig yourself out. You, you, you dig in deeper, yep. right? So um, you can't do that. You want to be not over-exercising. You want to be lifting weights, strength training. You want to be focused on getting stronger in the gym, training as little as you need to do that, you know? Um, now, if I had one, if I'm thinking of a one-on-one client, if I'm giving general advice, I'm going to say, probably you're going to have to take a week off. If you haven't taken a week off from the gym in a while, take a week off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might even need more, but hey, I'm just, let's just meet halfway. Let's say a week, right? Everybody can do that. Um, if, if it was um, uh, one-on-one, I would have, you know, who knows what I would say. Maybe I would start them. I'd have a week off. Maybe they're training twice a week, but I'm probably going to default to three times a week, right? right. Because there's also the whole element of like, this is hard anyways. You still got to have some training fun. And we discussed this, you know, last night, Eric had the heart to heart with me that I have to, you know, I have to go to the three days. You're fasting twice a week, right? So it just makes sense to just perspective. Well, and just, it's, it really for recovery. And I would say, take even that out for the person listening that is a cancer patient. Like I've been able to get away with doing a little bit more, but that's not necessarily what's best for my body. It was probably best for my mental health at times, Mm -hmm. but now the conviction here is teaching me that, you know, Amy, even though you are pulled in that way to train four days a week, why do I need to do more when I know that this is actually going to be better once I can let go? Well, you can be addicted to progress or training, right? Right. And, uh, you know, try being addicted to progress. Exactly. So, so, if you, you know, I get it. If you're sitting here going, this is hard. And I would suggest that if this but is three days a week is like, I mean, it's not like you're training one day a week. I just right? meant, so. you know, that along with, you know, you hear some of these ladies that are in this, in our group right now. I mean, they're like aerobics yeah. instructors that are scared to death to lose it. And where I'm going with this is if this is already like, you know, triggering you and you're afraid, join our next school of training. And here's why yeah. we have this group and the accountability you'll be, you won't want to add more because you're going to be threatened by, you know, the other women because they're seeing it. And sometimes you do need that extra layer. Cause I'll be honest. I knew what I was doing was bad for me back when I was over cardioing and stuff, but just afraid. Accountability is really helpful. Yeah. So, okay. So back to that. So training, training, I would train three days a week and I'd be trying to get stronger. You know, you have to be mindful of your volume. Um, because again, you're playing a recovery game, right? So every dose of stress requires like two doses of recovery during this phase, right? Figuratively, right? Um, I'd walk all the time, you know, I'd walk outside every day. Um, if you could walk in green, that's even better. It's not a power walk. It's not a brisk walk. It's not a calorie burning walk. I would ditch the mindset that the gym is for calorie burning or quote unquote, getting in shape or losing weight. The gym is for development. Yes. It's for getting stronger, for, for uh, progressing yourself, for building more muscle, for becoming more fit. It's for enhancing you. And, and make uh, sure your Fat mindset... loss and weight loss is about decrease, you know. Let the other 23 hours of the day, right. your diet strategy, which we'll get to, um, control the fat loss. 
So lots of walking. You can you can't overwalk. Lots of walking, and I would train three days a week for from an exercise standpoint. And I then, would do no hit and no formal cardio at all. And to recap, before he moves on to the rest, like you mentioned, you know, it's the Groundhog Day approach with. Those are just as though, just like you talked about, this is now other strategies, but the cortisol coming down. It's like anybody. And and honestly, this is, this is simple, but not easy, but trust me, um, people, everyone's, you know, thinking about the weight loss problem, but you don't feel good anyways. You're not sleeping well. Imagine when all those things, you start to feel well, have good energy, you know, X, Y, and Z, all these things, you know, Um, if you're a person in the morning, by the way, this is a sidebar, but if you are, this is a tough one. But if you are in this, if you relate to these types of this two demographics here, and you can't go uh, the morning without coffee, without having an energy drag and having a big struggle, you uh, really do need to lean into a block of time without having coffee in the morning, because yes. you're interrupting your body's ability and even your body's your your ability to know if your body is going to manufacture energy on its own through that cortisol awakening response. So you want to be able to, it's not like you have to take it out forever, but if you take it out and all of a sudden you drag, that means you've had an overconsumption and over-reliance, it's band-aid energy. So you want the, the body to be able to do what it's supposed to do when it's supposed to do that, which is have a bump, a high cortisol morning. So you do not want to get in the way of that. Um, so that's just a sidebar, right? Um, that's going to be some people, not others. Maybe, you, maybe you do a half and half a decaf sometimes a regular right. coffee other times. I know for some people, it's the ritual of it. So you have, you have the, the ritual around and, uh, sleep times and waking times, uh, around eating times. You have the, uh, the understanding of, uh, and the commitment really the non-negotiable, uh, time for yourself to get some uh, relaxation, whatever yep. that is for Four you. Four times a week, no less. Yep. Uh, every day would be fantastic, but whatever. Start with something you can win. Um, so those are lifestyle aspects and then the training aspect. So um, it's, it's stress reduction, it's movement, it's program training, and then there's the diet strategy aspect. This is the part where it's really hard to give too much advice because this is the, this is the one-on-one thing. You know, this is where where are you in this, in this pendulum? Because it's a, it's a issue of degree, you know, what, how colorful is your dieting history? How sensitive was your metabolism during that dieting history? Some people can go, go through one rough diet and be jacked. And then you have elite competitors that can go through tons of rough diets and not be jacked. So there's a, there's an individual genetic variance here as well. So there's so many issues for me that are, that are, uh, in play from a nutrition strategy standpoint, you cannot give a formula or a one size fits all answer to what do I do about my diet? Well, I don't know what you would do without knowing you. I would know if I did know you, I'd figure it out. But in general, you have to understand that a caloric deficit is a stress. You're in too much of a stress. So if you think of, I mean, there's no such thing as starvation mode per se. So that's kind of a, a, poor term for, for, for anything anyways. But if you think about this, eating less than your body wants you to eat is a form of starvation. Yes. It is just a matter of degree. And my body wants 2000 calories a day to maintain itself and not have any kind of adaptive response. That's uh, uh, in response to an energy shortage, like a deficit. Well, that deficit is just degree of starvation, right. degree of, 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 of lack. So it's a stress to the body. Small deficit, less stress, large deficit, more stress. This is the caloric gap, right? The larger the gap, and that gap can be added to by exercise, um, the larger the gap, the more the stress. In addition, though, if you are in this season of life where the hormones are unbalanced and you have lower progesterone and elevated estrogen or inconsistent estrogen is what really happens during that perimenopausal season, then you don't have the protective effects of this hormone balance on stress. So therefore this same caloric gap, the same program, like we mentioned earlier, is now more stressful. This same caloric deficit is now more stressful. So generally speaking, I would bet 9.5 out of 10 uh, people, women would have to do is to systematically raise calories from what they're doing. You're not gonna get away with 
any of this without tracking winging your winging your eating and eating well and eating pretty good it's not going to cut it because you specifically have to be out of a deficit that's a math issue you did you can't just think you are you either are or you're not so you have to track how much you're eating to know how much you're eating to know if you are at maintenance right and that's going there's going to be a theoretical calorie level you need to get to if you're maintaining on a low calorie level that's a problem you need to build that back up to where it should be normal that's a stepwise process so in general the first thing you have to do is you have to be tracking your intake it is now for anybody who says this is like wow this trips me out you have to look at it as a secret weapon it gives you an advantage it's a tool in your toolbox it allows you to be precise to to take guesswork out of the equation yeah. To troubleshoot to have an advantage over everyone else who's winging it that's what if that's what tracking gives you you don't have to track macros you need to track calories and protein that's really all you need to worry about and protein is stable you can call it 0.8 gram per pound of body weight when you're tracking and then calories have to systematically climb that's a general general rule i don't want to give a caloric intake because there's variables there but you do want to be systematically increasing your calories you'll start to feel better. You'll have more energy. You'll sleep better because you overall have to remove yourself from a deficit. It's kind of like feeding the machine. This will bring the stress levels down and this will also set you up for future fat loss. This doesn't really, this doesn't really work any other way. You know, like if this is the only way for it to happen, this is also why there are so few experts um, for this particular or even coaching help for this particular demographic in the whole industry because most trainers and coaches they treat this female as if they're a 25 year old male right you know right um so it is a lot more complicated but it is literally the opposite path that we're all taught when we're younger yes yes oh i know we're seeing it all the time so carbohydrates you can't avoid that because if you're too low on carbohydrates that's going to cause you to have more stress because your body then has to mobilize for Glucose, so cortisol is going to go up in a low carb environment too. Not good because you already have too much stress, right? You're not going to want to be too high in carbohydrates because right now you have inconsistent estrogen levels. Estrogen is going to sensitize yourself to into carbohydrates, so that's a positive thing. But it's a little all over the place. So it's a moderate carbohydrate diet. It's ensuring you have enough protein. Why? Because if you don't have enough protein, then and you need to have enough calories, then you're eating just mostly carbs and fat. Right. This is the wrong breakdown of calories for you. And if they're following, you know, like if they implement this, like the, the specifics of the calories last and they've already done this groundhog day with meal timing every day, which, you know, if, you, if you're timing your meals and stuff, then the chances are you're planning out some of your meals, which means yeah. there's better intention around that. You'll also notice cravings and things like that go away when you get you have this predictability that then when you punch in the numbers, you're just going to see it as another layer of honestly, your own, you know, control and awareness of, you know, what you see, I went through a season of not liking a food scale because of that disordered, you know, eating and dieting for so many years. I see it as the opposite. Our kids see it as the opposite. It's, you know, you know, me fighting cancer when I have struggled at times to eat, it's like getting enough protein in weighing it out and forcing myself to then no chew guesswork. on that right no guesswork exactly because i want to I mean, know what i'm having yeah i mean if you're trying like changing your body like building muscle these are well-researched things fat loss these are physiological science processes in the body yep. there's we, there's no guesswork on how this stuff works yep. like there's a way to do it so you're not gonna just accidentally wing it there you know it's, these are uh, tracking and uh, for a season, not indefinitely, but for a season when you're trying to manipulate your body, which is really, you're trying to manipulate your body. You're playing science. Yes. You're executing yes. instructions that are meant to manipulate your body in a positive way. You got to be precise. You're never going to be good at intuitive eating anyway, unless you master precision eating first. I've said that for yes. years. Yes. And, you know, again, you have to be I mean, the reason why this time more than ever, you can accidentally lose fat. People can accidentally- Up to a point. Right. But you cannot, if you're trying to recover without knowing your numbers, one, you won't know. I mean, you've got to be trying to bump them. And I just think like a lot of people, if you just set your calories and go, they don't realize there's that upregulation, right? Of where you're coaxing it. Right. You're you're slowly doing that over time. Whereas 
too many people take that first bump in calories and go, I'm good. No, I'm maintaining here. You're actually, yeah, you're maintaining still in what is actually a right. deficit. They're not pushing it. Yeah, you you maintaining at 10 times body weight is bad, really bad. You know right. what I mean? Right. So that doesn't mean you've done it. Your things are going well. Um, you know, the problem also, and this is the bad news, but the reality of it is that for some people, um, gaining a little bit more body fat is part of the healing process. Yes. So, and some people say, well, I, I can't deal with that. Well, I get it. I mean, I don't get it, but I get it. Um, it's going to happen anyway. If you yep. don't do it properly, it'll it, happen. You, maybe not now, but it'll happen and probably double or triple the, the amount. But some people will, some people actually will have a positive metabolic response to a systematic increase in calories. Um, I have several cl clients doing this right now where I'm raising calories and they are dropping yeah, body fat. Uh, this is the dream happening. situation, yes. right? It doesn't happen for everybody. The optimal situation is really weight stability with a caloric climb. If you can do that, then you're then you're in good shape, right. really good shape. And and keep pushing that up while you to keep, a point, yeah, right, right. yeah. Keep like that you, maintenance. Yeah, the higher your body fat levels are, which means the high the heavier you are on an absolute level, the harder it is because you're, I mean, if you're 200 pounds, you know, that's like 20 2800 calories, 300 cal 300 calories, 3000 calories, but you do have to get pretty darn close to that because just because you're heavier doesn't mean anything. You you have a faster metabolism when you're heavier. Right, you have right. more weight to carry around right. and body fat is not dead weight. That's got some metabolic activity right, in right. it too. So you have to eat accordingly, but you're not going to go from uh, low calories where you are maybe right now, all the way to maintenance in one step, because that would be a big surplus for you right now. Right. And that's really quick fat gain. That's just unnecessary. Right. Well, here's the positives. The positives in sharing all this was not to make it like loom and gloom and this is what you're going to deal well, no with. No way, there's this is a solution. This it, works. Exactly. This is like to show you because we're seeing a lot of this is is the positives if you really follow the instructions and take it seriously. It's and I already know people will go away from this, you know, and they go right to the calories or they go right to the diet or the training and they yeah, they're don't. They're important, but they need more than that, exactly. right? Exactly. And it's finding a way to track, you know, the the not so exciting things because it still needs to be tracked. You do. It's like my aura ring. It really I promise you when you start to measure, you know, manage the things that you want to measure. I mean, you will want to get better at it. I mean, I, I have my DAC for the first time. I need to be in my bedroom by 9 p.m. Like that's well, it's like the, it's like the weekly tracker we have with clients. You know, there's things that they have to give feedback on sleep quantity, sleep quality, whether the, the DACs. Uh, sex drive, stress, uh, digestion and bowel movements, right. training energy. And this, because they have to track it, they're more intentional about it exactly on a daily basis. Yes, It's not something that just, oh, well, I forgot about that today. No, they yes. have to track it. So yes. they're aware of it. Therefore, they try to improve it. Yes. Oh, man, this is a, a really in-depth, you know, topic that I know we're going to continue to bring because it affects, I mean, it affects me. It affects our demographic. You know, everyone is, is talking about it because we are getting to that place where, Hey, I still want to look, I want to look good. I want to look better than average. I want to look like I train, you know, and I still want to get there, you know? Well, here's another thing point that as you raise calories, uh, through this metabolic restoration journey, You'll have better workouts anyway. You'll get stronger, yes. faster. You'll build more muscle because you have more stuff to build muscle from. Yes. You know, chronically, you know, underfed and overdieted or overtrained people don't build muscle very well. They don't perform well. Right. Right. So that's the other benefit. It, it can only be positive. But that's the other thing about with focusing on other forms of progress, like gym progress, knowing that when you get the fat off, you're going to have more muscle under there. Yes. Right. And last, you know, the power of um, just community, tribe, you know, all the words you want to use for it. Take this podcast and share it with a friend that's in the same demographic. Because here's the thing, doing this with someone else, sharing, you know, like this new conviction because you know this is what you need to do. Now you've got a friend that can do it with you. And I mean, we see this in the group. It's just the power of having others around you to support you. And because this is a shift, this is getting away from doing the high intense stuff. And, you know, a, a lot of you have, you know, I, myself included really needed to flip that. So sometimes it's changed. I mean, I think of some of that, the circle here of girls that, Hey, they listen to this podcast, like they're doing the wrong things with the boot camp style 
cardio. So it is finding that support. Can I say one more thing? Yes, of course. Um, I just wanted to, I, th I thought I just had a thought come into my head that my nutrition comment was a little bit incomplete. So after you've been out of that deficit yes. time and had calories at a more maintenance lifestyle for time, when you do happen to go back into a deficit, because you will have mm -hmm. to, fat loss is really what you have to understand is about a caloric deficit and hormone balance, mm -hmm. happy hormones, happy physiology. So when you do go in now, you have to recognize you're dealing with a more sensitive threshold, lower. So you have to take smaller deficits. Mm -hmm. You have to match your activity with your, with your deficit more accordingly. So your caloric gap is not so high. Your deficit's not too high. Yep. And you have to then periodize your calories and come out of that deficit more frequently. Yep. Because it's just, and you just kind of toggle that in and out over time. And that's why also, you know, this kind of circles back to, learning to really keep your follow through because this is a season where you doing what you say you're going to do really, really matters. Yeah. And, and lastly, and exactly in this, you also, a, a mental shift has to be made that this is focusing first and foremost on your health improvement, because that is the problem. You're solving that because if you're chasing the weight, you're going to be in a rush. The impatience is going to get you yes. and it's not going to happen that way anyways. So focus Understand yes, that all focus. these things are improving health parameters, the way your body's functioning. And as a result of that, your body's going to naturally start to look like it's healthier again. Yes. Shift the shift the mindset now. Health, like, health, health. Exactly. When you do that, you will start to measure different things in your brain. You're not going to be looking at, oh my gosh, Just my, my belly button. Yeah, is my pants looser today? It's holy crap, I slept seven plus hours. I mean, I get excited yeah. about those things. Because, oh, my they're digestion. Going, because they're they're precursors to really good things. Yes, yes. So we they're like hope mini this, wins. Yes, the mini wins, definitely. Well, I hope that this has helped, you know, the audience today. I know me listening, I always learn something from you. Thank you so much for spending. I mean, really, this is like an hour of your time. We booked it in. So I appreciate it. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Anytime. I'll have you back. I already have the next topic coming on next time. This will be for men. Directions? Oh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> oh. Those max likes. Max. We talk about boners. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to. We're going to. Um, this one will be for you to share with the hubbies. And that is HRT and how it has changed our lives. You know, Eric is going to be pushing 50, but man, our sex life, you wouldn't know that. So <laughs> on that note, thank you guys. Share this episode. I'll see you next time. Okay. I'm on a mission. As you know, if you've been following along, I have a goal to be a top 100 podcast and it's less about that top 100 and more about, I want to make an impact. I want more people to hear effort and learn from all the mistakes that I've made along with me bringing on really special guests for you. So my ask here is this, I want you to screenshot this episode today and share it on your social media, share it with a friend, you know, tag me in it, go give me a review. Of course, if you're really feeling it and rate me, you know, this is the only way things are going to get seen here. And in a big world of tons and tons of podcasts, I'm hoping that you're going to choose mine and help me on my mission.